everyone, it's Millie. It's Gabby. And we're Changed by Degrees. Yep. And this week, we have a special guest. Hey guys, it's me, Tim. It's Tim. Tim. This is our first guest ever. The first? The very first, which is kind of shocking. because. Uh, You know what? I'm glad that I'm the first. There you go. It'll be a downhill slide for everybody else (laughs) that you have after here. Exactly. You're setting the precedent. Or or the bar very low. So one of the... We'll see. We'll see. We'll see where we are in 50 minutes. (laughs) But I'm so excited for this, though. I am, too. It's kind of going to be an interview moment, um, Mm -hmm. getting... Tim actually recently started a podcast, so yeah. we thought we really so we wanted we'd to have him on. We bit. have to yeah. remote that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as a fellow creative, just kind of see how he works, mm-hmm. his workflow, um, struggles that he's had and how he's overcome them. Yeah. We'll see where this conversation goes. Like always, we always wing it. So And we talk a lot. And we talk so, a lot. Hey. But I, I'm we're gonna, gonna Tim, Tim will fit right in. Yeah. I talk <laughs> be a lot good. too. So, I have long stories. It's that's be okay. Awesome. That's okay. That's why we have a this, timer. This is why we have a podcast. We can talk about the things that we want to talk about. And no one else has to like it. We just Preach. do it. That's um, so I guess let's start. Tell us about your new podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. So my new podcast, it's uh, called The Morning Tea Podcast. Love, love it that. Is, love the name. I'm all about spilling the tea. Not really. But I am. That's a lie. I love spilling the tea. Yes. But uh, so I kind of had this idea really uh, for a little over a year now um, about talking about like how uh, creatives fail. And how they overcome that failure. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really was like just, I don't know, really enamored by is that like I feel like we have like we live like as creatives or just as people in general on social media like these uh, scented glossy magazine lives where everything Mm -hmm. is like a magazine cover. Everything's perfect. We don't allow people to enter our lives and see the mess that we are Mm -hmm. or we don't let people see when we fail. You know, I don't think I've ever posted or ever seen someone say, you know what, I really messed up today. Yeah, um, no one wants to do that. <laughs> no, 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 like, nobody wants to be that person. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of felt like this, like talking about failure was going to give people um, the opportunity to, to like really live an authentic life, I guess, mm-hmm. or really maybe not authentic life. We'll be able to like be like, yeah, hey, I had this life that I live online, but deep down inside I struggle with things mm-hmm. too, or I have struggled um, with things. So that's kind of where it was and where the idea kind of came from. Mm. And as I kind of just like sat and sat and sat on it, I finally had to take some of my own advice and get off my rear and kind of just get it started. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so that's kind of cool. what it's about. We, we identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> as uh, as um, every time we do this podcast, we're like, you know what? This that might probably end didn't up, go so uh, well, but you got to put it okay. out there. You put yeah. it out there anyway. And um, yeah. one we, of the next questions yeah. leading up to that was, was it obvious that yeah. failure was part of that creative mm-hmm. process to you from the start? Or did you learn that, like, the deeper you went to your craft? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I always have to tell people this because I feel like, uh, you know, I've been working as a full-time creative since I was about 23. I guess I've done, like, all sorts of different things. I worked mm-hmm. at DreamWorks Studios as an assistant film editor. I, uh, you know, I worked as at a church as a creative director for, uh, you know, a long time and still do. And, and, uh, now, you know, I'm in charge of a lot of other things, but like other than that, and I'm also a full-time wedding photographer and I like creating films. I work on political ads, uh, political campaigns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm always, I've always had the desire to create ever since I was a little kid. Um, I remember, um, like, gosh, I'm about to date myself here. <laughs> when, when, uh, 
I was a kid. My dad, like on Sunday after church or whatever. Well, we didn't go to church on Sunday. Those are for heathens. So we went to church. On Saturday. <laughs> we went to church on Saturday. We were a Saturday, <laughs> we were a Saturday church goer because we were raised Seven Day Adventist. Mm-hmm. And but on Sunday, what we would do is my dad would go to like Blockbuster. Uh, Love it. I remember. I love Blockbuster. You I, I'm, Blockbuster? I'm, I'm old enough to remember Blockbuster. To remember Blockbuster. Well, you're not old enough to have been at Blockbuster and picked out one movie. <laughs> I have. Okay, we'll see. I have. So we would go to like Blockbuster and my dad would rent like 10 movies. And what we would do on Sunday, we would just like watch films. And uh, my dad was really into all sorts of like just different stuff. Uh, so I grew up loving film mm. and wanting to be a filmmaker. That's kind of where I pursued it from when... Uh, I graduated high school. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I either wanted to do photography or film. And uh, I went to a school that didn't have a film program, so I did photojournalism instead. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I always tell people like I was always kind of enamored with the aspect of failure because like I felt like I well not felt like I went through that mm-hmm. as uh, as an early te- uh, late teen, I guess. Mm. 1819, because um, I thought at the time that I was too big for my britches. <laughs> and then I got a, like a nice, like quick punched in the throat as a mm-hmm. throat punch um, where my parents, uh, well, my dad at the time, like where he kicked me out of the house. Yeah. And, yeah. and I had to, uh, you know, I pretty much slept in my car for about eight weeks. So that's mm-hmm. a major part of like who I am, like that disappointment and living in that failure mm-hmm. of like, hey, mm-hmm my dad asked me to do one thing and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Mm. So what ended up happening at that time was the consequence was after like the 20th time was like, you know, like, Hey, here's your DVD player and your trash bag full of clothes (laughs) deuces. Right. So, um, and you know, I, like I spent a long time being embarrassed by that. So Mm. it was just kind of like, um, but then (laughs) in the same sense, I was super resentful. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I would. Um, like, yeah. resentful. Like, I, I remember, like, the last thing that my dad said to me at the time uh, when he cracked open the door as I was taking my last bag of clothes to my <laughs> Honda Civic. Uh, and my dad was like, hey, Tim, uh, you're, you will never make it in the real world. You have no difficult, you have no clue how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I was just like, uh, you know, I was just like, screw that. Like, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to spend the next however long it takes to prove my dad wrong. Mm -hmm. And that resentment is what kind of kept me motivated Mm -hmm. and going forward. So yeah, that's kind of like where like, you know, sleeping in my car and being like, how am I going to find, how I'm going to earn enough money to get my first apartment? Because I have no money saved. Yeah. I wasn't about that life. I wasn't about that life back then. And uh, so, yeah. So from there and, and to where I'm at today, um, and being able to do something that I love and um, do things that I love is uh, a privilege, really, that uh-huh. I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people don't have. So I take it seriously and mm-hmm. I take the failures and the things that I've created that have sucked or have gone horribly wrong. And I've tried to learn from those. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I wanted to hear what other creatives thought about that as well. So yeah. that was a really long winded answer. No, it was no, a good one though. Good. To answer yeah, that question. Yeah. yeah so. And I think it's good because like, I don't think, I think a lot of people think that you can become a creative, per- become quote unquote, a creative person or be a creative person without experiencing the failure that like whatever you're going to produce first is going to be good because you did it and sure. whatever, and it's going to mm-hmm. be accepted. But it's like, that's not true for every like 
10 things you do that you think are really good, there's going to be one that is really good. And then the other nine like suck, like, yeah. you know, yeah, and it's dude. just trial and error and you just have to keep up almost with like what other people are doing in order to become better in order to become mm. better. Yeah. I think the the thing is with like any of that or with all of that to be a hundred percent honest is it's not only like looking at what other people are doing, mm-hmm. but it's like stealing from other people mm-hmm. and kind of remixing sure. it and making it your own. Nothing mm-hmm. is original anymore. No, it really isn't. And like the thing is, it's like you've got to like really embrace the suck because that yeah. becomes as mm-hmm. a life. Not everyone's going to like everything you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got to be willing to take the criticism with that as well, even if it sucks. Like the criticism yeah. sucks and sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's hurtful. And sometimes when it's coming from people that you love and people that you respect. Yeah. Uh, so not to be so bullheaded that you can't accept criticism, mm-hmm. being bullheaded to realize that, hey, man, not every idea is going to be a great idea. Right. And that's OK, too. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of times I think like even and I've experienced this before where I do something and then it goes out into the world and it's yeah. totally rejected. And then it comes back and I'm like, no, I still stand behind this. Like, I still think oh. it's, mm-hmm. you know, and other things come back and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. You're right. But other <laughs> things like I yeah. really do enjoy. And I'm like, you know what? I still stand behind this. Like you hated it, but I still hundred percent like think this was really good. Yeah. yeah. So it's that other thing too, that you have to balance just because someone else hates it. doesn't mean it's bad. Like you can still, mm-hmm. you still have like the wherewithal to say genuinely like, no, this was a good product or this was a good, whatever you're creating. Mm-hmm. I don't think that like, criticism is the like end all because half the time people who are consuming it don't even know what they're talking about yeah <laughs> like, very true you know yeah. no, uh, full stop and I, I always tell people that uh haters or people that like criticize you or, or being critical of you often are never going to be as critical of you as you are yeah like mm-hmm. no one thinks more about you than you for sure we think people think about us but really no. they don't <laughs> mm-hmm. like like them thinking about us is a byproduct of them thinking about themselves mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i like i know that every creative is insecure to a level that they are nervous to put what they create out into the world mm-hmm. and sometimes you just kind of have to rip off that band-aid and just yeah. like okay yeah. even if even if this is suck even if this sucks something that i create sucks it's better to release it out into the world to be criticized than to hold it so close to the chest mm-hmm. that no one yeah. ever yeah. Uh, ever hears it or sees it or watches it. And, I, you know, I just think about, like, what if Steven Spielberg never picked up a camera? Be, mm. You know, what if anybody else yeah. that you really, like, a, a great writer, let's say mm. Maya Angelou decided that she never want to pick up a pen <laughs> yeah. because she was afraid of the criticism that was going to come with it. Like, criticism is a part or critique. Even, I mean, I know criticism is a byproduct of being critiqued but it's you know the same thing but like it, like being critiqued is part of the is part of the process yeah, yeah. like yeah. how do you expect to get better if you're i mean it's a good thing like right. it's a good thing to be like it sucks in the moment mm-hmm. to be like to feel super like vulnerable and like your stuff is being critiqued and some of it's good and others like the comments you're getting are really really bad yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing and like my thing was always it was hard for me to like write anything down because in my mind I was like well if I write this down or I write this idea down like I'm admitting to myself that it's worth being written down like it's yeah. I, mm-hmm. I there's some part of me that think that I think it's gonna be good sure. so like that was always really hard for me but at the same time like you said you just have to put yourself out there and be like well here yeah. it is dude. like it's better to do it than not at all and wonder your whole it's, life uh, so important. Yeah. yeah dude nothing uh I, I don't want to live a life where I get to my deathbed and I have to wonder what if. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, and I think that's like a really, um, gosh, I just, I just don't want to live a life of regret. Mm-hmm. And and I think like regret is, uh, is the worst. You know, like to, to be like, man, I wish I would have done this if I would have had enough courage to do yeah. it. And I, it's just something that like, yeah, it's just like one of those things where um, I would much rather be rejected and fail 
than to regret not doing it. Yeah. yeah. So because then there's no wonder. Like, yeah. Like, well, at least I know. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think failure also helps us realize how much we want to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, listening to your first few episodes, mm-hmm. it also reminded me because for me, my big failure, I didn't get kicked out of the house. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> recover from that, but. I did have a college class, which I've shared previously mm-hmm. in my, my podcast, but I was failing like mm-hmm. with this uh, music class, and I thought music was the thing I was most talented at. So to be the worst performing in my class yeah. mm-hmm. sucked so hard, I almost dropped out because I thought yeah. I, this should be the one class I'm not struggling in. Sure. But to get through like embracing the suck, and now I realize like I'm so glad that I didn't give up on myself yeah. and that I'm here. So, But f- I wouldn't have wanted it this bad or known this is what I was meant to do if I didn't fail mm-hmm. a few years ago sure mm-hmm. yeah i remember going through my first portfolio review and i had like what i thought was like all these awesome images <laughs> and so I, deep. It's so deep. Yeah, like, I remember taking the time in the dark room mm-hmm. like dodging and burning the shadows and like like dude i was like this is like you know like like I'm about to get a Pulitzer Prize for this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, and you don't even get Pulitzer Prize for photography, but like, I, I thought yeah. I was about to, right? Yeah. So I, here I am with like my portfolio, and I'm, I'm a professor, and there's this one image that I still have. I should probably frame it because my professor like <laughs> absolutely ripped it into shreds, mm-hmm. and I was like in love with it. Yeah. Like, oh. As in, like, this was the best piece of artwork. I mean, I even <laughs> remember where I was when I shot this image, and it was. I was at a skate park or something like that, and there was a kid who was like went up a ramp and his came down and like mm. fell flat on his face. So this picture is a it's a kid, he's probably 13, maybe 14 mm. years old. He has a helmet on and he's just laying belly flat and his skateboard That's is just slightly <laughs> I love how it's a picture of someone else failing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, know, you were like, this is the best this thing. Is the best thing. <laughs> so it's like this picture of his like skateboard, it's uh mm. like going ever so slightly out of the frame. And I just, I don't know why, but I fell in love with this image. Mm. Like, and my professor was like, yeah, your framing is off. Your, 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 everything, everything was off about this image. Mm. And he just like ripped the shreds. And I thought I was going to get an A and I ended up getting a C. But what it did was it drove me to take better images. Mm -hmm. Um, now I don't get into the whole like competition of trying to one up um, my my uh, contemporaries, like mm-hmm. the other photographers yeah. that were in the class. But my goal there was just to take a better image for myself, something to create something else right. that I was going to fall in love with. Right. Um, and then I realized very early on that I hate everything that I do. So it's not that I hate it. Well, it's no, just like no. I it's just we, like we get it. Yeah, yeah. You put something out there and you're like, man, what? in the hell was I yes. thinking, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. why Why did I think that was a good idea? <laughs> um, but I'm glad that I failed. I'm glad I continued to, like, make images or con- continue to pursue something um, that I love. So, yeah. 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 No, I and that's, that that's sure. like, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me that how it's all super relatable, I think, for everybody who's a creative, but it's not something that we ever, like, talk about either. No, I don't think people really, like, no one talks about failing. I mean, yeah. when was... I mean, I don't think I've really had a conversation with anyone in the creative field or not where they've talked about something that they weren't yeah. proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people always discuss things that they're proud of. They never really discuss things that they're not proud yeah. of. It's not like you that, have to put that on your resume. That's so toxic. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, not 100%. Asset. That's so toxic. The community is supposed to be helpful, but for me, something that really gets me in a 
bad spot is comparison. Mm-hmm. Comparison mm-hmm. kills me yeah. because I think like on my own, this piece of music that I've written is great. And then I listen to all these other great creatives who've had wins. I don't sure. hear their bad songs. I just hear the ones that get right. released. And I'm like, yeah. well, my song isn't that. So for me, you I know don't that's know like, how that's that like is. one song out of like 50. Right. Like, I know that. You know? But getting yeah. through that mental yeah. block, like I would, I think it's so great that some creators are now like, let's share yeah. our else. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's learn really, from that because it is really toxic. Our best photographers or uh-huh. writers or musicians uh-huh. have L's like every day the same Literally. day I'm having an L <laughs> yeah, they're having day. an L yeah. they just don't share it uh-huh. but like it helps. some are so bad that they don't even ever see the light of day that's how bad they <laughs> are bad. Like, <laughs> like, yeah and I, and I tell people this like all the time so I speak at a uh, several conferences a year I'm speaking at four this fall but one of the things that I, I always sort of remind like the uh, conference goers is that like Stop looking at the finished product. And I think that's kind mm-hmm. of like what you just caught yourself yeah. doing. Yeah. Like we so often, um, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Like I, and I sometimes I have to pull myself out of it mm-hmm. is the best way that I can even describe it is just give something that people are very relatable. Like everyone looks at Beyonce today, mm-hmm. right? Like Beyonce's like, you know, she's got her whole, whole, her whole gang, the beehive, right? Mm-hmm. But she didn't have a beehive when she was Beyonce Knowles 25 years ago. Yeah. You know, where she was just uh, an up-and-coming artist trying to find her footing in the industry. And back when she was, you know, like, struggling as an artist and couldn't get picked up by a label. But today we look at Beyonce, and that's what we pursue. Mm -hmm. Right. But we don't pursue the the bad stuff that she had to go through to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one thing that we constantly like myself included like constantly fall into that trap but let's look at the finished product and i would bet you that beyonce doesn't even think that she's a finished product yet Mm -hmm. you know you're really not finished until you're six feet under so like that's when the product is finished yeah and it's just like it's it's you know it's understanding that creativity and being a creative and no matter what you're doing if it's a podcast or if it's a film that you're creating or if it's music that you're singing yeah, mm-hmm. or writing and trying to get through that it's it's a marathon not a sprint yeah you know everyone wants to be a one hit wonder but mm-hmm. really right. we want sustainability yeah you know so it's just kind of like yeah i want to have this one song that pops yeah but then you have to one up that yeah you know, and when you do that, also it, you end up sounding like like comparison. When you compare so much, it just ends up sounding like or looking like everybody else, mm-hmm. which sure. isn't at all interesting. That's not what people want. Right. Even if something is like like pop music right now and whatever is happening in pop music, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's yeah. like super popular, but you know, every song that comes out like every two months from an artist, I can't distinguish between them. Like I have mm-hmm. no idea yeah. who these people. And I think I think it was I think it was Barbara Streisand. I don't know, mm-hmm. but when she was up and coming and just getting her career started. Um, people would comment on her voice and be like, well, don't you need to, you know, you need to sound more like this. Mm. And she'd be like, why would I want to, like when I sing, you know, it's Barbara Streisand. Yeah. You know, Love it's that. me because Love it's that. my voice. Why would I want to sound like somebody else? And you would not be able to tell who it is. Yeah. Why would I compare myself to somebody else who has a voice the exact same as me? Mm-hmm. Because like, why would I do that? Why would I try to change my voice to sound like someone else? You're not going to yeah. know it's Barbara Streisand. And like, sure. now we know who Barbara Streisand is. And like, it's because she just stayed her own personality she kept her voice the way it was it's like a little rough and mm-hmm. you know but you know it's barbara streisand yeah sure. and it's the same thing with c- people who are creative i think when it comes to comparison like yeah i think some is necessary and healthy just to be like well, what are other people doing because you don't want to go down a path that's just gonna suck like you know well, oh, no, dude, yeah, for sure. uh, but it's still stop. it's still a, a, a you know it's kind of a hard line to it is a hard, hard line to play and i yeah. think that like we all have to 
uh, not to quote Beyonce, not that like I'm a massive Beyonce fan, but there is a uh, can't say that in front of Gabby. I mean, I'm not saying that like, I'm not. I'm not to say that I'm not a massive fan. Mm. I'm a fan. I know you are. I'm not a massive fan, <laughs> but there is that line uh, as as uh, was it hot sauce in my bag swag that Love we kind of have to carry that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to have a little bravado and a little and a little. Um, Diva. Yeah, I, don't wanna, I don't really want to even say diva. I mean, it's more self awareness. Mm. Like, hey, I know this is where I suck at. This mm-hmm. is where my shortfalls. Yeah. And I know, but I also know this is where my strengths are. And, you know, so knowing, having that self awareness to understand, like, this is where I need to grow and this is where I'm, I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. in. I would say that, like, I didn't really figure that out, that aspect of it out until I was. 27 Hmm. where i knew that i were this is what i was going to stand for um as a creative or as an artist Hmm. um i always feel weird like when people say artist because i feel like an artist is like a musician and i can't sing i think painter (laughs) i think think, think of everything that i can't do (laughs) 100 percent. yeah so so yeah sorry no it's good digressing there 27 i still feel like i'm about to exit college thinking I know what I'm doing, but I don't. No, I was going to say okay 27 still seems like kind of early to me. That's why well, I'm like, well, yeah, wow, different. dang. Well, <laughs> I think, I think the is. thing is this is like it's when you experience enough like crummy stuff in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you early on, I, I mean, I don't want to say it's not like a blessing that I was sleeping in my car for eight weeks and I was homeless. It wasn't a blessing by any means of the imagination. But like I can look back at it now and understand that um, one – it was my own fault why I was yeah. living in my car. Um, no matter how much I wanted, I initially I blamed my dad and mm-hmm. how I wanted to, you know, give him the double eagle and just be like, <laughs> you know, kind of like that kind of thing. But like, I realized that uh, everything that I went through got to, got me where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. And I made like, and there was there are times in my life where I felt like I could have made several different decisions and gone down several different roads. Um, but I, the road that I went down, I know is the right road for me. Yeah. Do you know? Like, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a, and you know, and I'm, I'm very fortunate, like that I have friends that I had from high school and college mm-hmm. that I still talk to today that held yeah, me accountable great. then mm-hmm. that hold me accountable now. And they can see your growth as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, you know, like, uh, my friend Chris, who I played football with in high school and we both went on to play D1 sports, um, he sent me just like this super kind text message. It just kind of came out of the blue because generally, like in a group text, he's the one that's constantly ragging me <laughs> for, for different things. But it was just like it. It was just a good reminder that um, although I can be down on myself, there are people out there who I trust. Like, and I think that's like super, super important to get people mm-hmm. out that you trust that are going to be like brutally honest with you when you screw up, mm-hmm. and are also going to be. Um, and hold you accountable. I I think, like, I've had, I was unfortunate to have those friends like that. And, um, you know, I, yeah, that's more so a blessing. Yeah. You know, than living in my car. That was just, it just, it was, yeah, just an end result of how I ended up here. And I think for sure having friends that help keep you accountable, Mm -hmm. like I know for, for Gabby. She'll tell me, like, (laughs) that wasn't so good. But, like, coming from her, I know Well, you'll tell me the same thing. Yeah, that I can trust and and rely on and it won't 
hurt is bad because mm-hmm. I feel like as a creative, anything I make, it's not I can't detach it from me. Like if you attack yeah. or criticize my work, you're criticizing yeah. me. It feels personal. It feels personal, yeah. and sure. that's really difficult. Like I don't know how that is for you, Tim. Yeah. Like with being a wedding photographer because yeah. mm-hmm. i know like it's also a business that must right. hurt so yeah. much more like like people are paying you're not for just marketing your photographs like you're right. marketing yourself yeah. your personality mm-hmm. so when someone rejects <laughs> like the booking a job you're like you you feel rejected and i yeah. feel like it can be really something that you can struggle with all your life yeah. that's hard yeah human, I, I think yeah. like one of the things that like when we I get clients that ne- don't go with me all the time, yeah. you know, like, and they've decided that there was a, a some another photographer mm-hmm. that was a better fit. Um, yeah, that sucks sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes when it's like even people that you know and they decide to go with somebody mm-hmm. else, and I, you know, I just think that, hey, you know, ultimately I understand that your wedding day, you have to have faith and trust mm-hmm. in the person. You're gonna spend no other time. On your wedding, your the photographer that you choose is going to spend the most time with you on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. Not your parents, not your spouse, n- no one. Like the photographer yeah. is gonna be the one person. Gonna <laughs> I be didn't there. think about that, but you're right. Yeah, it's gonna be the one <laughs> Too person. Too much pressure for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there? So like I, to me, that's extremely important mm-hmm. that we have a connection and a uh, that we that we're the right fit. So if you don't choose me then it probably wasn't, we probably weren't going to be the right fit. Cause, but I know that, uh, you know, as my dad used to say, uh, there's always a profession to get into. People will always get married. Cars will always break down and people will always get sick. There so you if go. you find one of those professions, so positive. <laughs> <laughs> if you find one of those yeah. professions and then be extremely well in it, mm-hmm. get yeah. in it, then uh, you can find a living doing it. Now I didn't pick wedding photography and wedding photography, I didn't pick photography. Photography picked me. That's <laughs> what, of course, um, that's that's just not the case. Into it. Yeah, I just I, I fell into it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I like literally fell into it, mm-hmm. and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, so I mean, because of that though, was there ever a moment where you didn't want to do wedding photography anymore? Like, was there ever a day that you had that was like? You went to go photograph a wedding and you're like, that sucked. That was horrible. <laughs> That's it, I didn't my last get one. one picture. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that was good. I, I, you know what? I've shot over 300 weddings over the last 10 years, 343 to be exact. And um, there's only been one wedding where I was like, oh, this was like, wasn't, was a train wreck. And it, I'll go ahead and tell the story real quick since we have just yeah. a, a little bit of time. The bride uh, um, had lost, uh, Quite a bit of she'd gotten her garter, mm-hmm. and she had lost quite a bit of weight from the time she got her garter to mm-hmm. the time that um, the the day of the wedding. So the groom, everything was going fine, everything was going smoothly up to this point. Um, but I remember being in the room as she's like getting dressed and getting her mm-hmm. her dress on and stuff like that. And I overheard her tell one of her bridesmaids, maybe her maid of honor, I can't mm-hmm. quite remember who, because it's several years ago. And she said, "Hey." remind me to pull my garter down because I've lost weight. It, mm. it keeps falling down my leg. So she had hiked it like pretty high up her leg to kind of keep it there mm-hmm. so it wouldn't yeah. fall down. So she had like, you know, this big dress and with a lot of lace and uh, was it tool? To, uh, yeah, yeah, tool. Yeah. Yeah. Tool. Yeah, tool. Tool is always like a weird word to say. Like, yeah, tool. Uh, like, like tool. Meshy tool. Yeah, meshy yeah. tool. 
So during the uh, getting the garter is like mm-hmm. a very traditional at weddings. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore, but it used to be. Because it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> it's a weird thing to sit and <laughs> witness, right? Right. So the groom goes up. I've done that before. Under, <laughs> the groom goes up under the dress uh-huh. to find the garter. And it felt like an eternity. Oh, my God. He couldn't find it. He couldn't find it. So the mother. <laughs> How do you lose it? So, <laughs> the, <laughs> so the mother of the bride comes yanks him out from underneath her dress on the dance floor in front of everyone some choice words were said between the groom and the mother and that was the one wedding i walked away from being like yeah i don't know if i can do this anymore (laughs) oh my Um, gosh but i had a wedding the next day and that boarding was awesome so i redeemed it (laughs) redeemed itself but i will say this it's like it's really difficult to to not experience happiness because like generally speaking up to that point it's the happiest day in a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. And generally, it's a pretty jovial event. Yeah. It's like, it would be different if I was a funeral photographer. Like, no. I would probably be like, <laughs> like I'm I'm out, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't do this. Anymore. But uh, wedding photography, people are generally pretty happy. And, and I'm a people person, so I kind of mm-hmm. get off of that energy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it's just easier to be a part of that. So I don't know if that makes sense. It at does all. But no, I've never had, a, I, I never walked away from a wedding. Maybe that one time where I was like, this is just like. Uh, well, that wasn't even like your, I thought it was bad images. No, just, no. I, you know what? Just I, a horrifying my, moment. I would, I would argue that my first three years of wedding photography, uh, my images really sucked, like sucked pretty hard. Um, people still paid for them, though. People still, <laughs> people still paid still for paid them. For them. Yeah. They still paid for them. But I, I learned from the mistakes mm-hmm. like of like being out of place during the first kiss, mm-hmm. being on the side and not in the center of the aisle. Now I ask the officiant, hey, dude, uh, what's the key word that I need to hear? from when I know you're getting ready to, so I can be in the right mm-hmm. position. But like I, I tell like my clients now that like, hey, every your wedding will be the best wedding that I will ever shoot until the next wedding. <laughs> you know, and I tell my yeah. clients the same thing. It's not necessarily because I'm trying to one up myself. I'm not trying to one up another photographer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's Yeah. That is a good perspective though. Yeah. It is. Do you just compare it to your previous work? Wait. I mean that's the thing is like you always want to be better than some I feel like a lot of people want to be better than somebody else, but it's like, well, dude, were you better than you were last week? Like you yeah. might want to also that's compare the to more your, important question. Sure. <laughs> that's yeah. something that you need to also consider when when doing creative things, I think. Just because like when you are creative, I think it's easy, like you were talking about earlier, like to just compare yourself to others, but it's like, well, as long as you're improving and you know you're improving, right? Like from who you were last year, then you know what? If someone is still out there better than you, because there's always going to be someone better it's than you, mm-hmm. then what does it matter? Like as long as you, yeah. I don't want to be cliche and be like, as long as you're happy with yourself. But like as long as you're happy with yeah. your progress and you are progressing and you're mm-hmm. working hard at well, it, yeah. then you should be proud of yourself. I think I think the t- one thing that we should always know is that we're always going to evolve. Our tastes mm-hmm. will always change. Mm-hmm. Um, and who we are as a creative will change because of the people that we are influenced by. And I know yeah. it sounds weird, but like, um, I like to consume a lot of stuff that isn't photography. Um, I still consume some photography, but I love consuming, you know, like random. I was reading this on Monet. I, it was a silly like uh, video. It was like maybe like forty five minutes long, and it was just on Claude Monet. And I was like, I was like really enamored mm-hmm. by that. Like, you see this dude like sitting in the middle of flowers. And what he visually sees versus what's actually there are mm-hmm. totally two different things. Yeah. But I just love the idea of looking at how other people mm. create other mediums, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like if you consume only one genre of creativeness, of art, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, 
then your work is going to become relatively mundane. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, like, like it'll I, become kind of flat, one note kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're just doing, if I'm only going to look at photography, then my photography is only going to look like photography. Mm. I would love to create an image that looks like a painting. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Do you Literally, know? What? I never thought about that, but wow. This makes me think of, and I think I commented on it. You post something on Instagram. It was a mm -hmm. picture and it didn't even show a face. It was literally like the bottom of yeah. the woman. And the, I oh, and it was out of focus. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. it reminded me of a story. Yeah. Like, I could see that being like, um, I don't know, like in a book or like there's there's such a story behind that photo that I was yeah. like, I want to like write a story to this photo. Like what is, yeah. you know, it was just so like, it was one of my favorite. That. It didn't even have like the face of the bride in it. Right. It was just one of my favorite photos like I've ever seen. Yeah, I think, mm. I think one of the things that, you know, and this just kind of goes back into the ebbs and flows of being a creative. You know, like I always want to see differently. Mm. Do you know, like, I don't want to see the same thing. And, and when you're, uh, a, when you've shot as many weddings as I have, the first several, 50, felt very fast-paced. Mm. Now everything is slowed down for for me as a friend. It's still fast-paced, right. yeah. but it's slowed down because I know what to expect. Mm. Right. And when I know what to expect, then I get into the habit of just shooting what's in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, instead, I want to shoot what's not in front of me like the small details like mm -hmm. a, a bride walking away and it's slightly blurry and it's just her hand holding her dress um and i you know like i'm uh never going i i learned this from another photographer jennifer moore uh who's she's brilliant she's in canada and she sees things very abstractly than what how i see mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and she said something once at a conference that we were both speaking at and she said um I will never take a picture of an inanimate object. I won't take a picture of a dress hanging in a window. Why? Like, like, what are you going to do with that photograph yeah. to begin with? You're going to do nothing. Maybe you might put it in your wedding album to remember it by, but the dress, the biggest detail is the people. Mm -hmm. We're humans. The biggest detail are the humans that are in the photographs, not yeah. the objects that we have. So she's like, so if I'm going to take a picture of a dress, I'm going to make sure that I have someone, a hand, the human element yeah. touching it. Uh, if I'm going to take a picture of a table setting, I want to take a picture of someone putting the table, the setting down. Right. And I was like, you know, I had never really thought mm -hmm. of it that way. Mm -hmm. We're there to celebrate two humans combining their lives together yeah. and moving forward. But we get so uh, wrapped up in all the details of flowers and the place settings and the food. Mm -hmm. But the two biggest details are the two people committing their lives to each other. Right. Um, and that really kind of changed me. And that was it was one sentence out of an hour-long presentation mm -hmm. is the one thing that has stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I really like that perspective, like changing the way you see. Yeah. For me, I can see that changing the way I, I hear as a musician. And I think what we consume plays such a big part in our life as yeah. creatives. Like, yeah. usually you say, you know, don't consume, create more, which I completely stand by. Mm -hmm. But I also am really picky with what I consume. I feel like we can only consume what we like, sure. but I try to push myself to consume yeah. music that I don't like or don't understand mm -hmm. and keep listening to it and understand at least what the artist was trying to communicate so I can appreciate at least the work that went behind it, even if I still mm -hmm. don't end up liking it. I usually do. Yeah. I used to not yeah. like uh, like bebop, like the, yeah, all yeah. these classes. Like I used to hate it, and now at least I can appreciate and understand and it's made me a better musician and I think sure. having right. to push ourselves to look at images mm -hmm. in a new way like some photographers might see that as a disaster to have mm -hmm. an image out of focus but to be able to see the story behind yeah. that I think is beautiful yeah, yeah we I think, I think we get so wrapped up uh, you probably experience this a little bit well both of you probably mm -hmm. do um experiences we get so wrapped up around the tools that we use to create mm -hmm. 
the yeah. instruments, mm-hmm. the the cameras, the the gear. Mm-hmm. the gear. It's like gear, gear, gear. Everything. Books, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Gabby's perspective. Or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, like, um, you know, probably even, like, writing. The stuff that the pens that you use to write yeah. with. Oh, yeah. Right? Writers love <laughs> their pens. <laughs> Writers love their pens, right? Like, we get so wrapped up in the tools that we use to create our craft that what we do is we get more wrapped up into that than we do into creating. Yeah. Drag us. Yeah. <laughs> Drag everybody. <laughs> so, I love this new thing I got. Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah, are you going to make with it? Yeah. And, and like, does it help you be better or do you just kind of suck? It's a crutch. It can to... be a crutch sometimes. Yeah. It, sometimes it, your yeah. best work comes when you have like nothing. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, yeah, I think some of my best work uh, that I've ever created was, even though I, you know, I look back at it now, like, what, you know, like, what was I thinking? But like my first few years as a photographer, Man, I had like this like Canon 5D. It's like you can. It's still, I think, arguably one of the best cameras on the market. You can. It's like a, you can get it for two hundred dollars now. Um, but back then, I wanted the newer camera. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but not thinking about creating with the tools that I had. I was worrying about what was in my bag or what was what my wallet could buy next mm-hmm. instead of really concentrating on, dude, like. Uh, the the masters before us, the people that were masters of their craft before us, had far less superior yeah. tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they had their brains and their and and their hands. <laughs> That's it. And, 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 <laughs> and That's like it. like random stuff, right? And here we are, like, oh, if I only had this guitar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if I only had this camera, mm-hmm. or this pen, or something like that, yeah. then I, then I could be the the writer I want to be, yeah. or then I can be. Mm-hmm the photographer that I want to be. Yeah. And it's so lazy. It's it, an excuse. It is an excuse. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. I think we just think the more we have, or like the more that we add to it, the better it's going to, like you said, it's, yeah. it's a crutch. And, mm. but at the same time, it's like, well, dude, like you said, like no one had, people were doing this 400 years ago and yeah. they didn't have anything. Like yeah. they yeah. were barely literate. So <laughs> I think you can figure it out. <laughs> like, oh my God. So yeah, it's just I like, it, yeah. I don't know, stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> and, um, and all I'm, that I'm jazz, so and all that jazz, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> on that we note. are literate. So <laughs> <laughs> we should be doing way more than we are doing right now. Okay. Oh my gosh! Um, well, thank you so much hey, for being thanks, here. Guys. This was fun. This, this was, was fun. fun. I think we did okay. I think we did pretty good. Oh, it's well, good that we had a time limit. If not, yeah, we just keep talking. We we just love to talk. Yeah. yeah, I can. Yeah, I can talk and talk and talk. So it's not. It's not this is kind of like one of those things that we're I was like when. Uh, I think after I like dropped my first episode, I had you know, a text from a friend like, why hadn't you been, why, what took you so long? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. I was like, I don't know. Like, you just, like, I can just talk. And and uh, I'm passionate about a lot of things. I'm passionate about creativity. So thanks for having me, guys. Yes. Of course. Where can the people follow you? So you can follow me at BigDaddyKane.com. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. I was... Good. I'm just joking. No. So, I, you know, listen, I was going to let you go and be like, you know what? That's where you can follow me. <laughs> so, yes, uh, you can follow me at uh, timmerdick.com. That is my website. Um, and I also run the morningteapodcast.com. Subscribe. Subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, you can also sign up for the newsletter or whatever oh, email always. for when it drops. Um, I'm not a great writer like Gabby, so you'll have to... They're very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, you see my my all of my uh, Oxford comma spices. Oh, um, I'm fancy. Yeah. I need, <laughs> need to make them fancier. I need to fancier. So, yeah, so you can find me there and on Instagram and Twitter as Tim Riddick because I jumped on early on those platforms. There you go. And uh, so, good. yeah. All uh, right. So that's where you can find me. 
Thank you so much. Hey, no, we thanks, love guys. You. Yes, our first special guest. Well, hopefully you have me back. Yeah, yes. Yeah. This awesome. is our, what, like 33rd? We can have you at the 60, 63rd. 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 Something like that. We're at past 30. Past when we're, when we're past 30 if we get there. Um, <laughs> and you can unsubscribe to our podcast. You can unsubscribe anytime so, you want. I would say that. Um, <laughs> follow us. Well, hopefully you don't. Is it unsubscribe? Yeah, or sus- it's a joke. Don't unsubscribe. <laughs> not after listening to my episode. Maybe the next, okay, maybe the next guest. Okay, keep, keep keep yourself subscribed <laughs> and then move on. But thank you guys so much for listening. And um, follow us on social media if you want. Unsubscribe or subscribe. Up Either way, you. it's up to you. Um, and we'll see you the next one. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs>